Wilson, you sent the game-winning email at the buzzer, avoiding a 4.55 meeting on everyone's calendar. How did you do it? I got a huge assist from Grammarly, an AI writing partner that helped me make my point. 96% of Grammarly users say that it helps them craft more impactful writing. Would you agree? Grammarly helped adjust my tone to navigate tough work conversations. And it works everywhere I write, so I can quickly communicate effectively. Your teammate used Grammarly to summarize an important document, making a three-pointer. How did he do it? It only took one click. When everyone uses Grammarly, everything just makes sense. You made an incredible slam dunk to end the game. The meeting was canceled, and your team will go home champions. Go to Grammarly.com slash podcast to download it for free. That's Grammarly.com slash podcast. Easier said, done. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. This podcast is a member of the Voices of Wrestling podcasting network. Visit VoicesOfWrestling.com to hear the rest of our great podcasts as well as show reviews, columns, opinions, and updates across the world of wrestling. Welcome to Jumping Bomb Audio. Jumping Bomb Audio, the world's number one podcast all about Joshi Wrestling. My name is Taylor, and I am joined, as always, by Kelly. Kelly, happy President's Day weekend. Oh, thank you. Let's, um, I guess we'll talk about which president we think would enjoy Joshi the most. Probably Abraham Lincoln. Probably Abraham Lincoln, who was, uh, wasn't he a wrestler? Yeah. Isn't that like his thing? I think so. Like I don't I have never been clear if the wrestling he did was like a work work or a shoot. I think it was shoot wrestling. <laughs> I think. Which would be what? I, amateur wrestling? Yeah. Which I don't understand. For as big a wrestling fan as I am, I don't understand I watch wrestling sometimes in the Olympics. I'm like, I don't know what's going on. Yeah, no, I've never been clear on it. I think maybe because I watch professional wrestling, amateur wrestling is less clear to me because I keep thinking, oh, this should follow the rules of professional wrestling. Yeah, and uh, instead amateur like, wrestling is one dude's just like, all right, I'm in the horsey position. Let's go. It's like if you lay on top of your opponent long enough, then you win yeah. points or something. I don't know. <laughs> uh, sorry to any big fans of amateur wrestling who are listening in. Uh, yeah, Cody Rhodes. You got a lot of the free time now, so you're listening to us. As always, you can follow us on Twitter at JBombAudio or follow us individually. Kelly is at Comic Geek Kelly. 
on Twitter, and I am at Tay Mambo. Subscribe to this podcast on your podcast app of choice. And if that podcast app of choice happens to be Apple Podcasts, please, we would love it if you went and give us a five-star rating and review. It would really help the show out. And if you're feeling extra generous, you can donate to the show at redcircle.com slash shows slash jumping dash bomb dash audio. So we are going to kick off the show talking a little bit of news today. And we are going to talk about big news concerning a stardom legend. That's right. Brandy Rhodes is leaving AEW. Oh my God. She's going to come back. It's going to be great. Rossi has, you know, they did the whole thing with Japan. They're, they're like, oh, they're, they're easing the border restrictions. Uh, and I posited this week that that Rossi had used his powers in order to make it possible for Brandy Rhodes to make her triumphant return to stardom. I mean, Can't it makes sense. Me yeah, no, it makes sense. Like, I mean, Rossi definitely has that kind of power to throw around. He just doesn't really want to use it that often because he's napping most of the time. But like once he saw Brandy came calling, it's time to bring in the big guns. We got to we got to open things up. COVID's over, everybody. Ross Yogawa is bringing in Brandy Rhodes. Uh, As we know, uh, Rossi is not always uh, a stickler when it comes to border regulations. I'll never forget. (laughs) Uh, the WrestleMania weekend in New York where stardom had that show. And there was like almost no, <laughs> like they were like, the show's happening. And everyone was like, what's going to be on the show. And there was weirdly no announcements and people started being like, Oh, are they going to be able to get in the country? And it seemed pretty clear by the end that he was sneaking everyone in to work the one show. <laughs> and, <laughs> Like that Wednesday or Thursday or something, like they tweeted out pictures of all of them in, I don't even remember what airport they landed in, but in New York, like at the airport being like, we made it through, we're here. And then all of a sudden there were all these show announcements that are like, here's five matches that we're doing. (laughs) And everyone was like, ah, we figured it out. You were waiting to see if you got stopped by by, uh, customs before announcing what the matches would be. Uh, No, but in all seriousness, uh, Kyrie Hojo, now known as all caps Kyrie, uh, had the big announcement. She is returning to stardom. She was the mystery person in Rossi Ogawa's office that was, uh, that Sai Kamatani accidentally came upon as, you know, there's this now running joke in stardom that Sayakamatani uh, will ruin many surprises in the company. <laughs> uh, so, Kelly, excited? I mean, this seems like sort of a stupid question, but are you excited for the return of Kyrie? Absolutely. In all honesty, I think I would have been excited anywhere. Kyrie ended up even if it was just to go back to WWE I mean that would have sucked but like it's good to see that her love of wrestling wasn't stamped out of her like I think to me that's the most exciting part of it all is that she's back and she didn't just 
get concussed by Charlotte a bunch of times and call it a day. Yeah, there was, you said get concussed by Charlotte. Didn't she get injured multiple times by Nia Jax in WWE? I have to say, yeah, as I've said, I don't really watch uh, WWE anymore, but I feel like that was like a clip going around that she got thrown into those stairs. Yes. Into the stairs at one point. Um, But yes, I'm with you. Very happy to see her back. You know, I think she comes back as... Um, in terms of this company, I mean, really in all of Joshi at or very near the top of the company in almost every category to oh, me. Oh, for sure. In, in, in ring, certainly, I mean, the, you know, charisma, personality, whatever you want to call that sort of thing. I mean, I think that she is head and shoulders above 98% of the stardom roster and probably all of Joshi at this point, you know, I'd probably say Mayu might be closed, Julia. And then that's probably it for me. Shuri would probably get up there close in terms of entering uh, work. But I mean, a big, big return for stardom. I'm very happy to see her. I mean, I, when I was first getting into Joshi years ago, uh, Kyrie Hojo was one of the big draws for me that kept me in, you know, that was a period yep. of time where EO was rightfully, um, you know, sort of got all the, the, you know, acclaim and EO was always in the wrestling observer, you know, wrestler of the year awards, you know, they'd have the top 10 and she was, EO was always the woman. It was like, here's nine men and EO Shirai like for three or four years in a row where it was like, yes, we watch women's wrestling, you know, Shirai. I mean, I was really a big fan of, of Kyrie at, at, you know, in that, at that time, you know, even though I did like EO, but I liked Kyrie. I loved the personality. I think she's a great wrestler. So, uh, you know, I didn't watch WWE. I guess it's possible that, you know, it's been a number of years and she could come back and, I guess B not as good, but that seems unlikely. Yeah, Uh, no, I think she'll be fine in the in-ring portion of it. And it's like, it goes to show just how strong her personality is, is that she went to Jerry and was just like, yes, I'm still a pirate. And they said, okay. And she made it work. Yeah. Um, And, you know, in pictures, haven't seen her in the ring yet, obviously, she looks jacked. To me. Hell yeah. I mean... Yeah, she's got uh, some guns now. So clearly you're not someone who it's like, oh, you haven't wrestled in, you know, a number of months and you've sort of been putzing around. I mean, it looks like she's been going. So I'm very excited. She will be um, at the stardom shows at the end of March. So there will be a little bit of a wait. Uh to see her back in the ring, but very exciting, exciting news. Uh, I'm something I'm looking forward to. Yeah. It looks um, like she's going to go into some kind of a program against, uh, Wado Tai to start off with. I would assume after they attacked her at the press conference. Yeah. She has on one of the March shows. She has a tag match with Mayu against, uh, Tom and Unagi. 
Okay, uh, yeah. But she 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 did get attacked at the press conference, so I'm assuming that that's sort of the more long term uh, story for her. You know, get one match, get her tagging with Mayu. You know, just sort of get her on the card. You know, I don't know <laughs> when this came together. Um, in terms of, you know, it could be a thing where they had already sort of set that those March cards and then she was like, I'll come in. And they were like, uh, okay, we'll fit something together. And then down the line, you know, they'll do more. They'll sort of fold her in more, but yeah, it seemed like, you know, obviously being attacked at the press conference seems like it's setting up that story there. Yeah. Like her mat, if she's got matches right there with Momo and starlight kid, like hell yeah, let's go. (laughs) The the other news, I guess we'll briefly touch upon. We could do this later, but we'll do it now. Uh, Ice Ribbon announced, we've talked about it on this show a lot. We wish Ice Ribbon had a streaming service. And they have announced that they will start streaming shows on their YouTube channel. Um, I know it will be Dojo Shows will stream live. And I believe they are going to have um, other shows put up on a delay, some sort of delay. I'm not exactly sure what the timing on that is, but I know that they're uh, putting up that their January Corican on there. So that will be interesting to see. Kelly, I know you signed up yes. um, for it. I have not signed up yet just because um, I have been burned in the past by signing up for Joshi streaming services at the beginning that then don't upload anything. <laughs> um, I know that they live streamed a dojo show yesterday, the 19th, February 19th. Have you yeah, I looked around seen that what one. else is up there? So far there's you- just two shows and then like I think just like a talking thing with Sakushi. I didn't really look at that one. But so they haven't done a ton yet, but it like that was an instant I saw the news and I was like, "All right, I'm signing up for this and I'm going and canceling my Nico subscription because I never use that service and I keep it around just for Ice Ribbon on occasion and now I don't need that anymore. So I just switched over my $10 to a different or $11 over to a different thing. Uh, but yeah, the so far I watched the first show they put up and it's nice to have it work. As opposed to Nico, where it's just like, hey, let's toss a coin. Let's see how it goes for me today. But like with YouTube, just fires up right away. Videos quality is good. Audio is good. Uh, they, the production wasn't much. It was just mostly a single cam, but they did have another at ringside. They would cut to every now and then. Uh, the show itself was whatever. I didn't, I didn't fully pay attention to it. I was more just kind of watching it just to see how the production and how it looked and worked and everything was. But it was, it was decent i'm happy that it exists and i will definitely keep being subscribed as long as they keep putting shows up yeah i'm always happy for for any company to go to youtube because i can you know put youtube on my um tv which is super helpful you know you don't often think about it but the diff for at least for me sort of psychologically the difference between watching something on my computer and watching it on the on the tv are very big mm-hmm. um for me so like i know uh the dragon gate service recently made it so that you can um chromecast from the um computer to your television if you have a chromecast which has been 
big. I know that Wrestle Universe, I think, is working on that. They talked about it, I think, when they launched the updated service that they were looking into that. Um, so I'm happy to have them on Ice Ribbon. And with these, you know, even if it is just sort of dojo shows, which I know it's going to be a little bit more than that, but I think that that's big to pay $10 a month, where if they had four dojo shows in a month on Nico, you know, you could be paying, you know, 40 to $60. Or to like 4,000 smile points. Yeah. <laughs> where now you pay $10 and you get all of them for, you know, for a total of $10, which I think is great. Um, and it's a little bit easier. You know, it is a little bit easier. It's still going to be a barrier when you're like, hey, check out this. Uh, you know, if they put the Corican's up, you could say, hey, to someone, check out this Corican show. Oh, where do I go? You know, it still might be a tough sell to say, hey, sign up for the Ice Ribbon YouTube. But but now <laughs> you don't have to send them a guide on how to subscribe yes. to it. <laughs> Any anything is easier than telling people how to buy Nico points to then use to buy the pay-per-view and, you know, you buy 2000 points, but the thing only costs 1500 points and then you have 500 points left over and those points can't be spent on anything because nothing is 500 points like that was so complicated. And it, I think it was a huge sort of deterrent to oh, people yeah. watching Ice Ribbon. So I think this will make it easier. So I'm all for it. I I will, you know, be signing up soon um, to watch some of these things. I may actually sign up to watch that, uh, the live streamed uh, Dojo show that they did yesterday uh, to check it out and then to see um, some more shows. And as we will be talking about in the upcoming section, there are a number of upcoming Ice Ribbon shows. So our big show of the week that we will be covering is the most recent Tokyo Joshi Korokin Hall show, Positive Chain 2-2, uh, that was held, as I mentioned, at Korokin Hall in front of 536 fans. Kelly, first, what would you think of this show overall? It was a good show, but like nothing super memorable or worth like going out of your way to see it. But it was like, like all Tokyo Joshi shows. It's a good time. Like you can just put it on and have a solid two hours or so. Yeah. I thought it was probably among the weaker of their Corican hall show since, you know, the big sort of the beginning of their more frequent Corican hall visits you know, at the beginning of last year. Yeah. Uh, I didn't think it was a bad show, but it just sort of was like, oh, that went by quick and I don't really feel that strongly about it. It's probably the show if someone were like, hey, I really want to get into Tokyo Joshi. What's a really good show to watch? I probably wouldn't recommend this show, even though it was pretty easy to watch. There just wasn't a lot that um, really stood out to me about a lot of this as we'll see as we sort of go through these matches i don't have a ton of uh you know big thoughts about some of these things um but yeah i do agree with you it went by really really quickly um you know we got some sort of fun announcements on it as well about future shows so that was good but yeah overall i think it was a sort of fine 
fine show. It does seem like the promotion is very much sort of hyper-focused on the Sumo Hall show, um, which I think also is part of that where they're sort of holding their cards close for that big show yeah, not to sort of give anything away. And it's like, that's fine. Like, I can't fault him for that. The first match on the show was a singles match. Mocha Miyamoto defeating Arisu Endo in six minutes and two seconds. Kelly, what did you think of this match? Uh, The good Endo showed up for work today of the two twins. I thought this was a good match. Decent intensity to it. You mean the good Mocha, right? Yeah. Is that what it is now yes. I said? No, you said Endo. Oh, God. Oh, there's now there's double twins. <laughs> oh, no. It's like that, that well, thing. Well, I that... understood what you said because we had talked about it last time and I was like, does he mean Endo or does he mean Mocha? <laughs> I'm, uh, I'm glad you knew what I meant. I'm sure everyone else yeah. did, too. Stop Stop typing in the Discord. It's fine. <laughs> uh, but yeah, no, the, uh, the good Mocha showed up. I thought this was a good match. Um, I could have. I was surprised that Mocha won because I thought for sure they were positioning Endo above her, but it looks like they're just kind of on an even keel maybe at this point. But uh, I liked Endo's new springboard dropkick. That was cool. Like the, the jump up to the top rope and then the springboard off of that. That was a cool move. Uh, I think I went two and three quarters on this. It was solid, solid opener. Yeah, I thought it was, uh, I thought the beginning was really well paced. I also had the note about the jumping, uh, I don't know what you call it, leaping, jumping, drop kick from the top rope for Endo, which I really liked. And I also was, uh, we were sort of right in line here. I was also surprised at the victory for Mocha. I mean, I think Endo is really good. Um I th- but I think right now, as we'll talk about in, in a few matches, clearly sort of the rookie focus is on Yuki Arai. And yeah. I think part of that sort of hurts Endo because I think Endo's actually really good. Um, I think she's probably far better than losing to Mocha in the opening match of a Corrigan show. But I think that the focus sort of is elsewhere. And I think they sort of see this group of you know, Mocha, uh, Endo, Kiryu, Torabami, Suzume, sort of all at the same level where I think they probably don't think this is all, that this is much of a big deal. Like, oh, Mocha wins and, you know, Endo's won some and Mocha's won some. And I do appreciate trying to see what you've got with Mocha, who, as we've already talked about, sort of, has her moments, but isn't doesn't quite ever put it all together for me consistently. Um, you know, I'm not sure that this sort of leads to anything besides sort of getting Mocha some momentum. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, I thought I was with you. I thought a solid match, uh, nothing crazy. I thought Endo looked good. Yeah, it it feels like kind of like the New Japan Young Lions, where you look at their win loss or loss record against each other at the end of the year. And it's like 48 wins, 48 losses, you know? Yeah. And then some, uh, time limit draws or whatever. Yeah. Uh, our favorite, uh, time limit draws, <laughs> uh, next match, 
it was a six-person tag. There was some uh, shuffling of the card here, as there, as we talked about last time, there were some COVID things that are still going on. Uh, but in this match, Hyper Masao, Mihira Kiryu, and Ram Kaichao defeated Asuka, Harunaneko, and Kaya Torabami. Uh, this was a match, another match that I thought was really solid. Uh, you know, it seems clear to me that Torabami sort of is, in terms of the three sort of rookies, as I think of them, which is uh, Yuki Arai, uh, Risa Endo, and Torabami, I think that she's probably... Um, you know, at the bottom of that, you know, third of three in that pecking order. Not that she's bad, but I think that she's definitely taken, you know, fallen a step behind the other two, who I think are pretty good at this point. Um, really, the one part of this match that stuck out to me was uh, the Hyper Masao Asuka uh, sequence in the middle of the match, which I thought was really good. Obviously, um, in my opinion, Asuka is head and shoulders the best wrestler in this match, and it showed in that Hyper Masao sequence. And I think Masao is a really good wrestler. It sort of sometimes gets covered up with the comedy stuff that she does, but I think she's very good. I think a reason why a lot of her comedy matches do work is because she is a good wrestler. Yeah. <laughs> and not just going out there and doing, you know, straight comedy and not being able to wrestle. So this was an, another match I thought was, uh, you know, very solid. Didn't feel too strongly about it, but, you know, second match from the bottom came out and had a, had a nice match. Yeah. I thought this was a good use of the two outsiders. So you got a bunch of cool pairings in the match that you wouldn't normally get, which was fun. Uh, I just, I went three stars on it. I enjoyed it, but you know, nothing special, but, solid second from the bottom match. I kind of thought Asuka would be the one to win and that would set up something in the future for a title or something. I don't know, but I was kind of surprised to see her on the losing side. The next match, another singles match between two young wrestlers, Yuki Arai defeating Suzume in 11 minutes and 14 seconds. Kelly, what did you think of this match that ended up having big implications later in the show? Yeah, I thought they both came off super impressive in this match. Uh, really good single stuff from both of them. Uh, Arai just continues to develop as a wrestler and it's at a fairly insane rate. Like she's getting really good, really fast, which is honestly perfect for Tokyo Joshi right now. Just, due to for her popularity really because like what poll was that where she finished shockingly high in the favorite wrestler ranking uh thing? that was the weekly shoe pro weekly pro. that's right yeah i think that's what it was yeah like she was what top i think she top was 10 yeah like that's nuts and so like luckily for them she's pretty good so it doesn't like, if you're going to kind of pull the trigger on her, it doesn't feel too rushed. But, like, so she's improving at a rate that she should for her level of popularity. And that will hopefully end off paying off really well for uh, Tokyo Joshi. Uh, to me, this was another three-star match. I thought it was good. Yeah, I thought it was good. I would like to start to see... You know, Yuki Arai, I think the one ten the one sort of tendency of hers that 
still makes her feel very like a rookie to me is the sort of thing where she's all about, you know, she's got the big kick, the ax kick uh, finisher, you know, doing these strikes. And she sort of has that rookie uh, um, sort of thing where you're doing a strike and you're like, ah, and you go to make the strike. And then right at the very end, you very clearly sort of like pull your strike. Yeah. And so you're like, oh, it doesn't like it could that could look good. It doesn't quite like I would say to Yuki Arai, and I don't even know if this maybe this is already happening, but I would be like, go hang out with Miyu Yamashita and learn from her how she makes all her strikes look really good, because I think it's a similar thing or they would look similar where it's like your if you're going to be a kick, you know, strike based wrestler they've got to look tough and some yeah. of the strikes like i see them and i'm like mm, doesn't quite look tough like it looks like you're like oh, i'm gonna do this and i don't want to hurt the other person Whoop, here we go i think uh not to get ahead of ourselves but i think maki ito will be a good opponent for her because oh absolutely. Ito has that sort of like ah like come at me sort of thing that uh, obviously other rookies, you know, Suzume is not standing in the ring going, ah, come at me. How, you know, <laughs> I'll piss on you. Uh, um, but, you know, I thought it was good. I, and, um, you know, I was right there with you. I thought Suzume looked really good. You know, I see Suzume sort of down the line as a sort of, you know, Sakushi type where, you know, the size and sort of the gimmick. Now, I don't know if this sort of um, vivid honey mustard, uh, you know, the yellow bee themed gear will be with Suzume forever. But, you know, you sort of look at Sakushi and you're like, oh, she's so small. And of course, anyone who doesn't watch Joshi sort of comes into Joshi and is like, none of these people look tough. They don't yeah. look tough. And like, Sakushi doesn't look tough, but is actually one of the more tough scary, wrestlers. Scary people. <laughs> yeah. And I can sort of see Suzume sort of sitting in that same thing where I think she's really good. Um, but, you know, you just wonder, is she going to get that credit when it's like, go oh, come in to see Suzume and people are like, she's four, you know, she's like four foot, 10 inches tall. She's too small and she has a nice gimmick. Uh, I really love her. So I hope, yeah. that, you know, that doesn't happen, but that's sort of what I see because I think she's really good. And I hope that, um, you know, she sort of got dealt a bad hand with Mirai leaving her sort of in the lurch. Cause I feel like that that tag team was going to be pretty, you know, at least get some things thrown their way, you know, title opportunities maybe. So I hope that she doesn't sort of get lost in the shuffle here and, you know, end up, you know, not doing as much as I think she should or could. Yeah, I think getting into the endo tag fairly quickly is helping her not go into obscurity because I think they have a good team dynamic and I think that's a team that you'll see going forward as a player eventually in the tag division. The next match was a tag match, the returning Neo Bishiki Goon team of Meisa Michelle and Saki Sama defeating 
Palm Harajuku and Raku in 11 minutes and 54 seconds. This may have been, uh, I would, I would have to think about it. Um, and I'll think about it as, as we keep covering the show, this may have been my favorite match on the card. Um, I thought it was really good. I think Neo Bishiki Goon is really good. And I thought sort of shockingly, not to, not to speak badly of them, but I thought Palm and Raku more than held up their end. Yeah. Uh, they were this, really good. With, yeah. With this established, obviously former tag champion team. Um, and so I really enjoyed, like for me, this wasn't a crazy, you know, match of the year, but I was thinking, you know, three and a half. I thought it was, I thought it was really good. I thought it was really fun. I really enjoyed Saki's, um, Saki Sama's sort of like flare flop. Um, oh, that was great. <laughs> after they were like, go to sleep. And she was like, nope. And then it was like, fall asleep. Uh, I thought that was a lot of fun. So yeah, I thought that this match was really good. Really happy, uh, of course, to see you know, Bishiki Goon back. Because uh, I think both of them together and individually are great. And as I said, a really strong performance uh, from Raku and Pum. Yeah, it's so nice to have the best tag team in wrestling back from their hiatus. I hope they had a wonderful holiday and now they're back in the in the fold. This was a match where it's like completely ridiculous in almost every way, but somehow it didn't feel silly. Like there is all a certain logic to it where it's like, oh, yeah, no, this makes sense. She uh, she told her to go to sleep and she got sleepy and fell down. It should be stupid as hell, but somehow just in the the universe, the world of this match, you're like, yep, I didn't even have to like really suspend disbelief. It was just like, yeah, no, she's tired and she had to fall down. So like that, just all four of these wrestlers were just firing on all cylinders. And I thought it was really good. Um, I, I only went three and a quarter, but I think it is my favorite match of the show just because it was so much fun. The next match was another six-person tag match with some big names here. The Magical Sugar Rabbits of Mizuki and Yuka Sakazaki teaming up with Shoko Nakajima to defeat Marika Kobashi, Miyu Yamashita, and now Kakuta in 14 minutes and 8 seconds. Uh, and I'm happy to say, as always, Kelly and I sat here <laughs> on the preview last episode saying, oh, Shoko Nakajima's going to pin. Uh, I said she would pin uh, Miyu. You said she would pin Marika. And it turns out neither of those things happened. Yep. Uh, so This is a really uh, weirdly booked match. Because, like, it didn't feel like a lead-up to Nakajima versus uh, Miyu at all. It felt like a lead-up to a Yuka-titled match. <laughs> This is sort of the the classic that I always talk about, which is like, wow, six really great people. This match is going to be a barn burner. It's going to be great. And then at the end, I'm like, oh, okay, it was fine. Yeah. Um, That seemingly is on every single one of these Corrigans. I always talk about it and I'm like, it's going to happen. And then, you know, I'm a naturally hopeful person, uh, as I'm sure you can tell from this podcast. Um but yeah, it was just sort of like, I was like, this is fine. And yeah. that was really all I thought. I thought it was weird that like Miu kind of handled Nakajima 
fairly easily. Like this, it this did nothing to make me be like, all right, that title match is gonna be great. It just kind of made me like, all right, when's me defending against Yuka? <laughs> yeah, it's yeah. Um, you know, I think you look at the other booking, which is like, oh, Shoko's gonna pin someone, and that's gonna lead, and it's sort of like, oh, that's done a lot. But also this version, which is like, oh, I'm just sort of. Like, okay, that's a match that happened. I'm not particularly... I mean, maybe they think that Shoko and Miu, you know, it's two people who the crowd know, fans know already. So it's like, we don't have to build up Shoko. Um, Or, you know, I guess it could be a thing where if Shoko wins, you know, I guess the thought could be, well, we don't want to give it away by having her pin... I guess, but it's like, it's so weird. Like the, the bit where it's just, I'm pretty sure Miu just like head kicked her and took her out of the match. And it was just like, it was nothing to her. (laughs) Like that was the weirdest part of the match where it's like, I don't understand how this sets up anything. Yeah. We're just sort of at a weird time because this whole Miu reign, I keep thinking, Oh, it, you know, Miu is obviously the, ace of the promotion you know she's the best wrestler she's the most notable wrestler in the company i mean she was the only tokyo joshi wrestler who finished in the top 10 uh of the wrestling observer awards that came out this week in the in the uh women top 10 women's category um and so it has always felt to me like this title reign to me, the point should be like who she loses to, because it's obviously that her holding the title is not being like, ah, now she's legitimized. And part of me is like, does Shoko win? And then it turns out that this title reign really didn't have all that much of a point. Cause I don't know that Shoko defeating me sort of is like, Oh, like, because I'm that, not that's sure. That's a deflating Sh- moment. Like, I'm not sure Shoko needs it either. And then it's like, wow, you had this big title reign where you could have said, hey, someone, you know, Ido or Mizuki, you know, wins and establishes themselves. And now it's like, ah, oh, Shoko doesn't really need that. Now, I don't know. You know, Miyu could go into Sumo Hall and win. And then it's sort of business as usual. But I'm, I, I'm just very... I think what's happening is that my, you know, in the past with this promotion, you would not think of these things because the promotion was just sort of like, we're out here, we're having fun. Yeah. Uh, We're all about these wacky characters. And you weren't ever really thinking about like, you know, what's the best for business and putting people over and things like that. And now I'm thinking about that, but I'm wondering if like I'm a step, apart from the company where the company still does think of themselves in the original way. That's just like, we're having fun. And you know, we're just going to put the big names on the top and whoever wins is whoever wins. Um, Like maybe that's my disconnect. Could be. Yeah. Maybe they just don't even think about it that hard, but I don't know. It doesn't seem that way to me. I, I, I would be shocked if, 
Shoko Nakajima wins. And I'd, I'd say I should say shocked in not a good way because it would just it would be an incredibly disappointing way for Miyu's run as champion to end. Well, that is for uh, that is for the future. So uh, we won't think of this now. But yeah, this match thought it was thought it was what it was. Uh, you know what the they, semi- you know what Tokyo Joshi needs for matches like this is they need a thing like how in New Japan when Kenny would come out wearing the shirt we all know it's like okay it's half effort time like they they someone in the match needs to be wearing a shirt so we know like okay cool we don't need to we don't need to get our hopes up about this one it's just gonna be yeah, manage <laughs> I mean it also may just be me that I've uh, my expectations are outsized. You know, and I hope every match that I see is really good. But then you see people that you really like and you're like, oh, it's going to be really good. Uh, But anyway, the semi-main of this show was the one title match, the international princess title match, where the champion Maki Ito retained her title against the former champion Yuki Kamafuku in 11 minutes and 37 seconds. Uh, Kelly... I'm interested to hear, what did you think of this match? I really liked it. It's not like a work rate masterpiece or anything, but I love the dynamic these two have as like friends that also hate each other's guts. Like they're just like, you know, we're cool outside of here, but in the ring, they fucking suck. And I'm going to try and beat the shit out of her. Like they're, it's fun. I like, I like that dynamic that they have. Uh, Really, I feel like, uh, Maki having this title like she's kind of proved like I she could be a viable main eventer with the international princess title like I think they could run shows with that as the main event and I think this one showed that I mean it wasn't the main event but I think if you swap these two matches I don't think it would have really honestly I think I would have enjoyed the show a little bit more um, but yeah I thought this was really good Uh Maki winning, obviously the right move. And I think having a Rai come out to challenge is also obviously the right move. Though I think it would have been cool to have Asuka come out and challenge, you know, after her friend loses. Like, I think that would have been cool. I thought the match was pretty good. And then the cell phone stuff happened at the end. That was so weird. <laughs> and it really took me out because I was like, what's go- like, why is this? This is like a second match on the card sort of comedy Yes. And I was thinking, oh, they're going to do this sort of weird thing and then they're going to, you know, they'll put it away and then they'll have sort of like a closing stretch or five minutes. And but the match ended like a minute later. Yeah, that was was like very strange. I forgot about that. (laughs) uh, I was like, what? And that totally sort of a match that I was sitting there going, oh, this is pretty enjoyable. And then that happened. And I was sort of like, what the heck? Um it was very confusing to me and it sort of took me out of the match in a way that by the end I was sort of like, uh, okay. Like the fact it sort of led directly to the finish. Yeah. Sort of turned me off of it. Cause it feels like I said, very much like an opening sort of like, ha ha ha, we're doing comedy. It's um, a real Miss match kind of move. Yeah. And it was just weird that, it happened and then the match was over. So I sort of ended the match being like, Oh, bummer because I feel like had they just done a straight 
sort of ending of the match, um, they probably would have gotten to the point where I was like, hey, this was really, really good. Like, gotten to four stars because I think they're both capable of it. But it just sort of took it from where I was like, oh, yeah, three and a quarter. And it's and it's moving up, moving up. And then it was like the phone. And I was sort of like, eh, no, thanks. <laughs> uh, and then it ended. Uh, so not really for me, not a terrible match, but I think the ending just sort of took me out of it. Yeah, no, in all, in all honesty, I completely forgot about that spot. Oh, no, that's the, that's one of the major things I remember. Yeah. Um, from it. Um, and then the main event was the finals of the Max Hart Tournament 2022 where the team of Miyu Watanabe and Rika Tatsumi defeated the Bakuretsu sisters of Nadoka Tenma and Yuki Aeno in 20 minutes and 30 seconds. Kelly, what did you think of this match? I have no thoughts. I thought it was a a solidly worked match, but it did absolutely nothing for me. I never really felt like there was a spark to it. And then it was just kind of done. Like, I, I don't know. I went, I gave it a gentleman's three. Like, I thought it was fine, but I, I don't know. It did nothing for me. Well, you've taken the words almost right out of my mouth. Because <laughs> uh, I was about to say the same thing. I thought it was perfectly fine. Now, I spent a lot of this match thinking, okay, Bakaretsu sisters are going to win. The last um, stand of the Bakaretsu sisters. And then they didn't. So at the end, I was like, oh, okay. It just felt sort of like, oh, we're having a tag match. Like, it felt sort of long, like 20, I'm looking 20 minutes and 30 seconds. I'm like, that's pretty long comparatively, uh, especially for like a non-title tag match. You know, it was the main event of the show. And I guess if you go short, this would have been a really, really short show. Um. But yeah, I just thought it was like sort of there. I was like, this is a match that's just there. I mean, I am really excited to see Watanabe and Tatsumi against the Magical Sugar Rabbits. Like, I think that's the correct. Oh, yeah, that'll be awesome. Match. You know, I could understand if you were like, oh, get Tenma one last, you know, match. Um, But yeah, it's so funny that you said that because I expected you to say things and me to be like, oh, good thing you said something because I don't really have many strong thoughts about this match. Yeah, no, there was like I was just watching. I'm like, boy, this nothing's really happening. And then also it was over. And I was like, wait, what? Okay, okay, I guess we're done here. (laughs) So I guess we should also talk about that announced at this show was that Hikaru Shida will be making her return to uh, Japanese pro wrestling for the first time in two and a half years, if you don't count Makai or the AEW uh, tournament, Joshi tournament, uh, at Tokyo Joshi Sumo Hall Show against Takari Noah. That'll be a cool match. I'm excited for that. Yeah, excited to see Shida back. Um, in Japan, that should be a fun match. Um, and, uh, looking forward to that. Akari Noah was not on this show because she was, uh, because of COVID stuff. Um, but she got a little, you know, she was on the show cause they announced the match. So that was, yeah. that was good. 
That was almost just as good as her having a match, to be honest. <laughs> so overall, as we said, a solid show. Uh, not a not a uh, can't-miss show and no match to really go out of your way for. But as always, I think with these Tokyo Joshi shows, an e- a pretty easy watch overall. Yeah. Yeah, If honestly, if you're going to watch one match, watch the uh, Neo Bishikigun match. So that is the Tokyo Joshi show. But what else has been happening over the last two weeks of Joshi? We'll start with Stardom. They've had a couple of shows where some things have happened. Uh, they had a show on February 12th where the big news, May Sakurai has left Cosmic Angels to join Donna Del Mundo. Kelly, you messaged me almost <laughs> immediately after this happened. So I'm going to throw it to you to give your thoughts of about this. Like why? Why are they doing this? I is the plan to split Donna Del Mundo in half at some point? Because if not, why are they making this group as enormous as it is? Like what? They're at eight people now. I think that is. I think that is going to happen. It's gotta happen. Like that's gotta be the plan. Because if not, they're just making this giant group for no reason. Like, and I, I don't understand it. I don't like if. What does what my, my Sakurai bring to the group? Like, she doesn't fit in with any of it as, like, you know, we're hard-hitting strong people. And she's like, I'm I'm here. I'm happy to be here. <laughs> yeah, I think they are going to split because I think they're probably looking to do a Julia-led unit and a Siri-led unit. Yeah, that's got to be the plan. It seems it does seem weird that like Donna Del Mundo is like serious, the champion, but she's also in this group with Julia who not outshines her, but it's like usually in the group, if you're the champion, you are the head. Like, yeah, you're the head of the group. You are the leader. And it feels sort of in this group like it's like, well, she could be the leader, but also the leader is Julia. Yeah. Like that's sort of the historical like Julia is the leader of Donna Del Mundo. You know, they have, as we'll talk about in a little bit, the upcoming three-on-three match at the next Stardom show. So I think probably a split is where they're going. So they may be loading up the group um, to, you know, building the numbers so that they can split them and maybe do like five and five or something just so they don't mm-hmm. split the group and have it be like three and four. Is Mai going by a different name now? Or is she, like, just Mai? Because if so, if not, that shows for sure they're planning on splitting the group because it breaks the single name format that everyone has in the group. Oh, I didn't even think about that. Because uh... if, if they don't change her name to Mai, then it's definitely a split coming. I mean, to my, to my knowledge... Uh... <laughs> She's still going by my Sakurai. Yeah. Because if, if they're not splitting it, it doesn't make any sense for them to break that naming convention now. Yeah. Um, it is sort of the classic because now she's sort of feuding with Wakasukiyama. I'm like, here we go. It's the 2022 version of one person leaves a group. And then fights with the group that they left. The, uh-huh. the one storyline stardom knows how to run uh, <laughs> is one person leaving a group and fighting with the person that they left from the previous group. Um, but yes, yeah, so I just had to laugh because literally it happened and you were messaging me going, what's going on? Why is this happening? 
<laughs> I was like, I don't know why it's happening. Uh, but yes, we will see what happens. We'll have to see what happens with Dono Del Mundo. I know there's been talk in the past of them splitting up. I don't know if it's ever been overtly, you know, before this sort of um, six person tag at the next show. I don't think it's ever been overtly hinted at that I can remember on any stardom show, but uh, that may be happening in the future. So we'll have to see. I wonder how um, the split goes. Cause I'm think you, you have to assume Julia Mirai and Thecla will all be in the same group purely because she just brought those two in. But like who else goes with her? I wonder maybe Micah. Well, I'll say this. Let's save this debate for the preview show of stardom. Cause there Ooh, is this match coming up and that true. may give an indication on who's going where. Uh, anyway, on February 13th, uh, the big match of February 13th, Tekla retaining the SWA title over Saki Kashima. Not too much of a big surprise there. And then, uh, as we record this tomorrow, stardom will have a Corican hall show. By the time this is released, that show will have already happened. Uh, the two, well, I guess three big things there. Uh, Micah Himika and Natsupoi defending the Artists of Stardom titles against Starlight Kid, Ruaka, and Hina. Uh, the prominence match, Tekla and Suri going up against Akane Fujita and Risa Sara. And also on that show, Miyu Matsuda, the newest Stardom rookie, will be making her debut. Uh, pretty surprising. Haven't gotten very many rookies. Uh, in stardom lately so happy to see uh happy to see another rookie debuting because i was wondering if they would ever have another rookie debut at this rate because <laughs> lady c uh debuted a year and a half ago and who was before lady c when was the girl that retired really quick i can't remember her name the one that always looked I can't scared. I can't even remember. Uh, someone will tell me. Yeah. Um, but yeah, it's been a year, you know, I believe Lady C debuted in November of 2020, I believe. Um, so it's been quite a while. So happy to see uh, another rookie debut. Uh, as I said, we don't know what happens on that show, but by the time you hear this, uh, you could go to the uh, We Are Stardom Twitter account and find out what happened. Yeah. Um, also, uh, they had a show on. They had a show today as well, um, just a regular house show on the February twentieth. Um, and to keep up with our weekly report, our biweekly report, three shows, three time limit draws. Uh, stay staying the course on the time limit draws. So that's what <laughs> fifteen shows and. 12 time limit draws on the year or something like that. Oh God. Uh, wonder if they can get to 20 by the end of February. I mean, if uh, they, if they believe they can. Seedling had a show on February 11th, highlighted by a main event of Arisa Nakajima teaming with her former stable mates, Asuka and Makoto against Hiroyo Matsumoto, Itsuki Aoki and Yoshiko. Uh, that show was, it was a fun show, pretty quick. Uh, I think it runs just over two hours. Um, uh, actually, a really fun opener. 
with Tsukasa Fujimoto taking on Rico Kaiju in a pretty lengthy match, uh, considering, you know, Fujimoto is very experienced and Rico is sort of still on that rookie uh, path. That was a fun match. So uh, check that one out. And as with stardom, Seedling has a show on the 21st, which will have happened by the time this is out. That is headlined by a Beyond the Sea title match between Arisa Nakajima and Hanako Nakamori. Uh, that show also has Rina Yamashita versus Yoshiko versus Miyuki Takase in a high speed match, which should be pretty fun. That's Rika cool. Kawahata. Yeah, three big names. So maybe the winner of that match uh, maybe moves into some title contention, you know, hopefully fingers crossed because any one of those three uh, against Arisa, I think would be a fun match. Uh, Riko Kawahara has her final of her five match series against her trainer, Yumika Hoda. That should be a good one. And the fourth match on that card, Makoto Ayame Sasamura and Riko Kaiju taking on Hiroyo Matsumoto, Itsuki Aoki and Ice Ribbons, Yuki Mashiro. So Yuki making her seedling debut. Uh, I also will say, uh, if you're looking for seedling updates, there's a new uh, unofficial seedling English French updates Twitter account, which I think is really useful. They just posted um, a sort of short history of Arisa Nakajima and Hanako Nakamori before their title match tomorrow. You can follow them on Twitter at seedling underscore ENFR, English French. So definitely give them a follow because that's a a great new account. Always happy to see um, English update Twitter accounts pop up for some of these smaller promotions where it's very helpful to get these updates in English and in this case in French. Oz Academy had a show on February 13th. The big match there was the number one contender match with a whole bunch of people got down to the final two of Hiroyo Matsumoto and Akino, where you had to score a fall. And then after you scored the fall, there was a 10 count uh, knock, knockdown, knockout, TKO, whatever you want to call it, rules. So you had to pin your opponent for three, and then they had to be out for a 10 count. Akino ended up victorious. I was pretty surprised. I'd watched the show. Uh, the first part of the match, which was a multi-person tag match, had obviously a lot of Osaki-goon members, and I was sort of surprised to see two non-Osaki-goon members make it to the final two. Uh, felt like it would be maybe uh, one of the faces against an Osaki-goon member so that they could do their usual shenanigans, but that didn't happen. So a fairly clean Uh, Final two and a very interesting match. So also a show to check out. Tokyo Joshi had another show on February 19th. Um, Ice Ribbon, as I mentioned, had that dojo show on February 19th as well. You can check that out on their new YouTube subscription. Ice Ribbon, Club Ice Ribbon, I believe is the official name. Marvelous had a show on February 8th. And Wave had a show on the 13th with two big title matches and a title change. Sakura Hirota and Yumi Oka defeating Hikari Shimizu and Saki to win the Wave tag titles. And Nagisa Nosaki retaining 
her Regina DeWave title against Miyuki Takase. So two big title matches there. And I'm going to throw it over to Kelly, who is going to give us some highlights of recent Chaco Pro action. Yeah, Chaco Pro celebrated their 200th uh, show, which is super impressive. And I'm really kind of happy for them that they've stuck around all this time. Which is also kind of insane to think about because this just started at the beginning of the pandemic. And now we here we are 200 Choco Pro shows later. <laughs> Ugh. So- <laughs> yeah, it's why, it's why I'm like, okay, so it's been less than two years. So it's been about, what, 700 days? Is that right? Sounds right. Maybe, maybe less. I mean, that's like a show every, what, three days or something? They run a lot of shows, and then sometimes they have the stretches where it's like, here's five days, we've got five shows for you. Yeah. Yeah, and that's considering that sometimes they're like, we're taking a week off. Yeah. And then they'll come back and be like, yep, this week we're running a show every day. Yeah, it's kind of wild. And and that's why it's honestly, it's easy to fall behind and suddenly you're just like, I have 50 shows I need to catch up on. Maybe I just won't. <laughs> And that's kind of what I did. Like I had a big wall of shows and I was just like, screw it. I'm just jumping forward to 200 and we'll pick things up from there. Yeah, but it is, I mean, who could have predicted, you know, when the show started, oh, Choco Pro won, that it'd be like, oh yeah, soon there will be 200 of these shows. Yeah. I think the original... Was that the first one with the Aki versus Minoru Suzuki? Was that that one, I think? Yeah, that that was the first one. (laughs) Well, I think the biggest thing would be if you were like, oh, yeah, there will be 200 of these. I think you'd be like, wait a minute. Why? Like, why? Yeah. So much of the thought at the original was like, oh, we're all going to like be in our houses for two or three weeks and then this will be done. Yeah. <laughs> so the idea back then of like there will be 200 shows because this is still going on, people would have probably been like, "What?" Yeah. Uh, <laughs> oh, but, how I mean, foolish and naive. I mean, it's been great for them. I mean, they've had a lot of great uh matches. I think it's been a great um format, and you know when so many of these companies sort of during the I guess I'll say quote unquote height of the pandemic when so many of these companies sort of shifted to YouTube and things like that. And then as things have changed, have sort of moved away from that. Um, I think it's really cool that Chuckle Pro has stayed with this format. I mean, they very easily could have said, Oh, you know, never mind about this. We're going back to shows only in person. And I don't think anyone would say, What why are they doing, you know? What the hell are they yeah. doing? They would have said, well, that makes sense. You know, that's what everyone else is doing. Um, so, yeah, I think it's really cool that they have sort of stuck it out in this format um, for 200 shows. It makes me wonder if when things return to normal or normal-ish, if they will still run shows for an audience at Ichigaya, or if they'll just kind of save that for like their Choco Pro shows and then run shows with an audience at stuff like Shinkiba or, you know, Shinjuku face, something like that. I mean, I wonder if you just keep live streaming and you're like, we'll sell tickets. And then 
I mean, you just say there's so few, you know, it's not like you're trying yeah. to sell out a 1000 seat venue. Yeah. You know, cause I feel like I they're think... still going to have to limit the crowd though, just purely because of how they shoot things now. Cause before it was just, we're going to pack like 70 ish people. Like I think when Paul and I went, I want to say we were tickets like 69 and 70 and we were not supposed to be there. We got like squeezed in at the very last second because Emmy saw us standing in the rain and she's like, no, 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 that won't do. We'll get you seats. Uh, <laughs> but like, so, and then it was just the guy filming was just standing in the corner on a chair with like his head up against the ceiling filming that way and it's just like they don't do shows like that anymore and i don't know if they can go back to that you know yeah i and i just wonder if you know you keep streaming things and you say oh but of course the thing to do is to come to the show yeah because to be there is fun but if you're like if you only need 40 people you know, to fill up the space, I think you could probably still live stream and still probably get 40 people to show up. Oh, for sure. So I don't think it's a problem where it's like, oh, you're live streaming and, you know, you live streaming is going to make it so no one wants to come anymore. Yeah, no, I think more than live stream. That's the issue. No, no, no. I think it's more of just like, can they film like how they do now with an audience there or would they right. just go back to the old way where they just stick a guy in the corner and have him stand up and it's shot from a weird angle and stuff. Yeah. But I mean, I don't know if you've heard anything, but I haven't even heard anything that would even hint at like them being close to doing that. It feels no. like they're not really even thinking about that at this moment. Yeah, no, I don't think they are. Because honestly, between the YouTube membership and the Patreon, I would assume they're ma- they're like Choco Pro is at its most successful now in the in the pandemic than it was even before. You know. Yeah. So maybe I think you you know you may be right in that maybe they keep live streaming and then once in a while they're like we're running Shinkiba. Yeah. And that's when people go like, I would be sad if I never get to go to Japan and see a show in Ichigaya again. But, you know, if they just don't run shows there anymore, they just don't run shows anywhere there anymore. And they just go to the bigger venue. Yeah. Um, But we'll see. But yeah. So these 200 show shows, you did you enjoy them? What do you think of them overall? I did. I thought they were fun shows. Uh, So day the first day, because they split the 200 across two days. Uh, Day one was on the 12th. The opener was Tamura and Trans Am Hiroshi defeating Saki and Sayaka Obihiro. Uh, The next match was Ryo Mizunami defeating Yuna Mizumori, in which was a really good hard-hitting match. I went three and a half on that. Definitely worth checking out. Uh, and then the main event of that show was Best Bros defending the tag titles against uh, Chie Koshikawa and Kari Yoniyama. This is a weird match because the last third of the match was incredible, but the first two thirds felt kind of like slow and clunky. And like for a good chunk of that, it really felt like Yoniyama wasn't even there. And like, I don't know, I wasn't paying attention to it until later. So, and I didn't go back to see, like, I don't know, maybe she had to like, 
use the bathroom or something. And they <laughs> were just like, ah, we'll just vamp until she's able to come back. It was really kind of weird. But even with that, I went three and uh, three and three quarters on it. Really good match. Uh, and then day two was on the 13th. Uh, your opener was Capacozo and Saka Obahiro defeating Antonio Honda and Tokiko Kirihara. Uh, skip that match. It was bad. <laughs> um, the next match was Chie Koshikawa and Yuko Sakurai defeating Makoto and Sayaka. I thought that was pretty good. I enjoyed the sequences between uh, Chie and Sayaka. Uh, I didn't. I don't recall seeing Yuko Sakurai before, but maybe I've. Maybe she's in the shows where I just kind of skipped and said I don't have time for this fifty episodes before two hundred. Uh, Yuna Mizumori and Rina Yamashita defeated Hoshitango, uh, the Rossi Ogawa award-winning Hoshitango. Sorry, and Masahiro Takanashi. Uh, I like parts of this match, but it went way too long. Uh, luckily, the right team won. Whole lot of pineapple spots. Like, they they whacked each other with a pineapple in this one. Uh, the semi-main was Shoko Nakajima defeating uh, Mesa Thought it was a really good match, but it honestly didn't reach the heights I was hoping for. Uh, I thought May was incredible here. I thought she kind of outshowed Nakajima, which was kind of surprising. It was also fun just to see the joy on May's face when she realized she was against someone that was shorter than her, which is an incredibly rare thing for her. <laughs> uh, I went three and three quarters on that one. I liked it a lot. And then the main event was the Super Asia title unification match, which was a last man standing match, which saw Balianaki defeat Minoru Fujita. A shockingly intense match that picked up as it went. Uh, there is a cool table spot outside. Uh, and I normally, I'm not super into last man standing matches just because I think they can drag and it gets really tiresome to just watch a referee count. Uh, but they didn't like do an excessive amount of 10 counts. So I thought it worked. Uh, I mean, this isn't a Joshi match, but it's still worth watching. I went four stars on it. I thought it was for like a Choco Pro match. They, it was pretty intense and they did some really cool spots. Like it was more of a hardcore match than you'd expect from this company in this venue. But yeah, uh, definitely worth watching. Two fun shows that I enjoyed a lot. And that is everything that happened in the last two weeks of Joshi. And But before we get to the next two weeks in Joshi, Kelly is going to tell us a little bit about the sponsor of this week's episode. Let's talk about our friends over at HelloFresh. With HelloFresh, you get farm fresh, pre-portioned ingredients, and seasonal recipes delivered right to your doorstep. Skip trips to the grocery store and count on HelloFresh to make home cooking easy, fun, and affordable. That's why it's America's number one meal kit. HelloFresh offers 50 menu and market items to choose from every week, including veggie, calorie smart, family-friendly, and gourmet options providing plenty of variety. Recipes like hibachi, sweet soy, steak, and shrimp bring restaurant-quality meals right to your kitchen, while their white cheddar Wonder Burgers make it easier than ever to skip the takeout. And don't forget dessert. Satisfy your sweet tooth with seasonal limited-time goodies like Dunkaroo chocolate chip cook- cookie dough and vanilla chocolate, or sorry, vanilla delight cheesecake. God, I'm just, I'm so excited about desserts. I'm just saying random sweet things. Like, 
I mean, next time I get a box, I'm definitely getting that cookie dough. It sounds real good. And if you're like me and you want some delicious sweet treats, go to HelloFresh.com slash VOW16 and use code VOW16 for up to 16 meals and three free gifts. Let me say that again. Go to HelloFresh.com slash VOW16 and use code VOW16 to get up to 16 free meals and three free gifts. That's HelloFresh, America's number one meal kit. All right, so coming up in the next two weeks, the first big show is Stardom's next big show on February 23rd, Stardom Cinderella Journey 2022 in Nagaoka. Uh, this an interesting card. We'll run it down here. Uh, the opening match: Tom Nakino against Fukigen Death. Uh, then there is a future uh, of Stardom title number one contender match between Mei Sakurai, Wakasukiyama, and Hina. A three-way match. Kelly, who do you think comes out of that match as the number one contender for the future of Stardom title? I feel like probably my Sakurai at this point, just because, you know, she just made the move to Donna Del Mundo. So it makes sense to put her in title contention. Uh, also, I just want to talk about Tom jerking the curtain on this one. And I'm just picturing Rossi doing the uh, friendship with Tom Nakano over Kyrie is my best friend now, ma'am. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Uh, yeah, sort of a strange... Um strange opening match yeah <laughs> but uh yeah maybe you know get tom a win uh after she lost the title maybe that's maybe that's the point you can beat maybe in death easily so yeah um then after that match the future of stardom title will be defended between hannon and momo kogo that match should be uh very good think momo is very good uh, and should be a good match with Hannon. Kelly, do you see a title change here? I don't think so, unless they're planning on moving Hannon up the card already, because she's progressing really well as champion, but I think she should hold on to the belt for a little bit longer. Next is a tag match between Utami and Lady C facing off against the Oedo Tai team of Momo Watanabe and Ruwaka. Then my favorite it is yeah uh utami lady c momo watanabe and ruaka uh <laughs> next is a singles match between mayu iwatani and saki kashima and then the next title match of the evening starlight kid facing off against Azumi. This one, as all of their matches really have been, should be uh, very good. Kelly, do you think Azumi defeats Starlight Kid here and takes her high-speed title? Um, I think, yeah. Because Starlight, I feel like Starlight Kid's had that belt for a little while now. So I could see Azumi winning to kind of continue this feud of the Wado Tai versus Queen's Quest stuff. Then it is, as we teased earlier, the Donna Del Mundo Explodes match with Siri, Micah, and Himika facing off against Julia, Mirai, and Tekla. So, Kelly, you were 
surmising about what the split may be. Uh, and this may give us a pretty solid indication of at least for the main players. Yeah. Uh, what that split may be. Obviously, Natsupoi is not in the match, uh, nor is May Sakurai. So those are two people who would have to be split somewhere. But I mean, this to me makes sense. Mm-hmm. As to if you were to split them, at least of these six people, if you were to split them, how you would split them in half. Yeah, and I would assume, I feel like Natsupoi probably goes with Himika, so she goes over in that one, and then I guess my Sakurai just gets in the other half. Yeah, it feels like each of these teams probably need one other person. Yeah. You know, to make it five and five. Um, just so they're not, I mean, so many of these groups here are so large that it would seem to all of a sudden have two teams of only four people, uh, would be pretty small. Mm -hmm. Um, but maybe I know that there was a tease that, you know, the whole tease of the Kyrie thing was teased, but there was something mentioned that was like, this isn't the only, you know, this isn't the only person coming in. So there may be more people coming in and maybe Brandy, Donna Del Mundo, uh, Brandy, uh, uh, Brandy and Mandy Leone. Maybe will uh, there we go. will return. Which, which side would you put Mandy Leone on? In oh, this I think Donna Del Mundo split. I think I'd put her on series side. I feel like, you know, they're both shooters. Like I think they, they'd get along great. The only issue there is that Mandy Leon would have to be the leader of that group because she has defeated Io Shirai. Well, obviously, yes. <laughs> bring back Brandy. Bring back Mandy Leon. Bring you know all the all the Gaijin legends of the past. Yeah, uh, Rebel Kell. What's started. Rebel Kell up to? Rebel Kell. Rebel Kell just came back to Twitter this week. Um. So ask questions. Ask questions. That's right. Rossi tweeted, DM'd her, and said, "Get back on Twitter. Yep. If you're gonna, if you're gonna come in this, if you're gonna come back to this company, you got to be on Twitter, <laughs> uh, so you can do weird things that people can, you know, dress up like a bear or, you know, tweet pictures of yourself that cause controversy or whatever." <laughs> uh, now I'm just thinking of like, oh, a Gaijin legend team and stardom oh anyway uh (laughs) the semi-main of this show is the tag title match between koguma and azuki going up against the challengers mina shirakawa and unagi sayaka um this should be a fun match it does it is a little bit weird that they've already announced that um well they've already announced the kairi mayu against Tom and Unagi match for March. So it seems like that's a giveaway that they would not be winning the tag titles, right? Yeah, possibly. Although I guess they could do that on one show and have them defend the tag titles on the other show. Yeah, because it's not like they defend all the titles on all the shows. So I think you could could do a show without a tag title. Just swap it in with a trios title match or something. Yeah, that's true. Although I hope... Koguma and uh, Hazuki retain because I've liked their team and I've liked their matches. Yeah, no, I'd agree. I As much as I do like Mina and Unagi, I, I think Koguma and Hazuki are having a great run so far and I'd keep that going. 
And main eventing the show is the wonder of stardom title match. The champion Saya Kamatani defends against Natsupoi. Kelly, I don't think there's any chance of a title change here. Do you? No. <laughs> no, I think the I think Saya is winning. Yeah, I think it's going to be, um, you know, they also may be building to a uh, Saya Kyrie match as Saya is the spoiler of the surprise. Oh yeah, as come to known. So that may be a title in the that may be a match in the future. I should say, um, but yeah, I I think when Saya is going to lose this title, I think it's going to be someone who's going to seem pretty. You know, this sort of secondary belt, which is sort of elevating people. Um, you know, I think it might be pretty obvious when the next person comes up who could win the title and sort of be elevated by winning it. And I don't think that's not Sepoy, or I don't think that's the way the company sees not Sepoy um, at this point. So that is the Stardom Cinderella Journey 2022 in Nagaoka card, an interesting card. Uh, no World of Stardom title match on top here. Uh, so it'll be interesting to see how that show goes. Stardom also has m- a lot more shows. Uh, February 26th, 27th, and March 5th and 6th. But of course, because they are after this big show, nothing has yet been announced. Um, at the beginning of March, I'm sure that they will be uh, building up for the big shows at the end of March at Sumo Hall. They also have a Corican in the middle of March, which we will talk about on the next episode. Uh, Tokyo Joshi also has a number of shows, February 22nd, 26th, and 5th. But the probably the biggest show uh, in the next two weeks is they are going to be doing a pool wrestling show. Uh, DDT uh, has done one of these shows, wrestling in sort of an indoor um I don't really know what you would call it. Indoor pool resort. Yeah. Um, hot spring familiar, or familiar, like a hot spring or like, I think of it as if you're familiar with like great wolf lodge. Okay. Is yeah. yeah, yeah. People, is that a thing people are familiar with? Or is probably that just amazing? What about you know, Kalahari? Sort of you guys got Kalahari's. Yeah. Is that a, like okay. an indoor pool, but like big windows. Um, and things like that. So they announced a number of participants. So that that's fun. I'm excited to see them uh, do this sort of DDT format. Because I like the last pool wrestling. I think the last pool wrestling had... That was like very early on in Chris Brooks being there. And I feel like he was in the match. And that was one of the big like things where people were like, Oh, Chris Brooks is really fun. This is really great. Um, that's my memory of it. But that was like three years ago or something at this point. I think so. Yeah. As soon as this got announced, uh, (laughs) Liam from you've got to be kidding me, messaged me and said that this is going to get a billion views. (laughs) And I agree. I agree. And and, uh, Yuki Arai is in it. Yeah. uh, Which shouts out. You guys, we're, we're going to have a great time. (laughs) Look for some award implications for Rossi's uh, category next year, potentially with this match. Uh, Sendai Girls also has a show on February 27th. Uh, there is a title match, Eureka Oka against Tomoko 
Inaba. There's a singles match between Mika Iwata and Miyuki Takase, which should be really fun. And then the main event is a tag title match. Uh, the champions, Chihiro Hashimoto and Yu, going up against former champions, Reiwa Ultimate Power, the team of Hiroyo Matsumoto and Dash Chizako. Ice Ribbon has a number of shows coming up. They have two shows on February 23rd, Yokohama Ribbon in the afternoon with lots of participants from the new Colors subgroup. And then in the evening, there is a Tsukasa Fujimoto Produce show that is going to feature uh, a lot of matches, including Sakushi going up against the Regina DeWave champion Nagisa Nosaki in a singles match. And the main event, Tsukasa Fujimoto, Hamako Hoshi, and Miyako Matsumoto going up against Arisa Nakajima, Hiroyo Matsumoto, and Makoto, a class of 2006 versus class of 2008. Uh, six-person match there. And then Ice Ribbon has their next Corican Hall show, Reborn 2022, on February 26th, highlighted by two title matches. Hamika Hoshi and Ibuki Hoshi, the champions, will defend against Tsukasa Fujimoto and Makoto. And in the main event, the Ice Infinity title will be defended. Tsukushi defending that title against Micah Osaki. That should be fun. And Ice Ribbon also has two shows on March 5th and 6th. And then finally, Marvelous has announced that they will be holding a tag title tournament to crown the AAAW uh, champions. Now that Marvelous has those titles, won them from Sendai Girls, uh, they will crown champions and those titles will be defended. So this is a two-block, eight team tag title tournament the teams are in the a block the mf team of takumi aroha and hibiscus me uh ido and tomoko watanabe the team of black phoenix butterfly chikayo nagashima and ancham will be the team yellow b and the final a block team yuna manase and yuri as Japan Gambare Union. The B block, the four teams, Itsuki Aoki and Rin Katakura will team up under the team name, very logical team name, Aoki and Katakura. Uh, Yuki Miyazaki and Riko Kawahata as the team Magnificent Red. Then Sexual Violet, the team of Maria and Makoto. Wow. And finally, the... Uh, I Hosan and Eureka Oka as Team Mystic Young Fox. So uh, some good so team did, names there. Did Aoki and Katakura not get the memo that they should like come <laughs> up with a team name, or were they just uh, like, technically? Oh. Technically, that is a team name. It is, but were they just like, I don't, I don't, I don't know. I just use our names. Who cares? Yeah, what's your team name? Uh, I can't think of anything. Uh, yeah. I just like the idea of going up against like Mystic Young Fox against Aoki yeah. and Katakura. They heard um, Sexual Violet and they're like, well, can't beat that. I guess we're just <laughs> using our names. Uh, but that tournament will start on uh, February 24th. That will be the first show of that title tournament. So I'm happy to see that those titles are going to be defended uh, instead of just being sort of uh, museum pieces. 
Yeah, put in, put in a closet and never <laughs> seen or heard from again. And then finally, Wave has their typical first of the month show on March 1st coming up. But that is everything that is coming up in the next two weeks of the show. Uh, we definitely will be covering the start of the big stardom show. If the Ice Ribbon Corican Hall show is up by that point, fingers crossed, but not hopeful. Uh, <laughs> we will <laughs> we will cover that. Uh, but that is everything. So, Kelly, anything else you want to tell the people before we sign off? No, I don't think I have anything. Um I mean, I, last show I told everyone to go see Jackass. I guess this show I'll tell everyone to go see Moonfall. Oh, Moonfall. The moon controversial Roland is Emmerich. evil. Yeah. Uh, all right. So this is uh, that's another week of Kelly's movie corner <laughs> at the end of Jumping <laughs> two, Bomb Audio. Two thumbs up, Moonfall. <laughs> yeah. All right. So I am Taylor for Kelly. Thanks for listening. And we will talk to you again soon. Bye-bye.